Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. In our last session, we're reading in the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. In our last session, we were reading chapter 16, where Paul and Silas were thrown in jail and they converted the Philippian jailer. And then they were released because really they were wrongfully jailed. And um, they went out of the prison and visited Lydia. And when they had seen the brothers, they encouraged them and they departed. They were leaving that area. And that's where we pick up here in chapter 17. So this is the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 17. Pardon me, I'm a little dry. <clears throat> now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul went in, as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, This Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women. But the Jews were jealous, and taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob. Let me read that again. But the Jews were jealous, and taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob. That's correct. Set the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out to the crowd. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also, and Jason has received them, and they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. And the people and the city authorities were disturbed when they heard these things. And when they had taken money as security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. Okay, this, this sounds like they just made them pay a fine, basically, because you know you never get that money back, right? <clears throat> anyway, I'm sorry, that kind of is funny. Now, here they are, they're, they're causing the same kind of issue they, they, they tried to use against Jesus, saying that, you know, well, they did use it against Jesus, saying that he's declaring himself king. Now they're saying they're declaring him king. And we do declare Jesus king. He is, he is the king of kings, definitely. But... He's not king in a physical, governmental way in this world. He's not like in our government. You know what I mean? So, he is our king spiritually, and he will be the total and complete king, you know, when all is said and done. You know, as we're passing through time, we're heading to that day. But, right now, we know that he is not king. He does not issue decrees to our governments and to our people. So... Um, I guess I guess they were not they were not catching on to that back then either that or they were just using the idea against them because it was a big deal that Caesar was supposedly uh, oh some of them would say that Caesar was like a god on earth and that he was the only ruler and uh, anyway it's it's a bunch of stuff that I don't I have read about but I don't I don't in, enjoy thinking about it um, that anyone would basically have themselves declared such like that in, in that way. 
Okay, so anyway, I'm going to continue on in verse 10. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea, and when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. <clears throat> so here's a big difference. I mean, and it's Paul is always going in the synagogues first and always teaching, trying to teach the Jews first. He's always giving them like the first crack at it, which is good. I mean, that's what they were supposed to do. All right. So anyway, um, so they were examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them therefore believed with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea also, they came there too, agitating and stirring up the crowds. Then the brothers immediately sent Paul off on his way to the sea, but Silas and Timothy remained there. Those who conducted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and after receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they departed. Now you notice, at some point, Luke was traveling with them, and now it sounds like the, the tone has changed and he is not traveling with them. So when did that change? I'm trying to go back. It says, as we were going... Oh, okay, so I guess Luke was no longer as involved once they were arrested. Because he was not arrested, okay. And then he did not travel with them for whatever reason. Okay, alright, so maybe he stayed there where they were, where they had been put in jail, which was in Philippi. Maybe Luke stayed there. Anyway, it doesn't say, I just happened to realize that Somewhere along the way, Luke was not, you know, it was no longer we, the, uh, uh, the use of the language had changed so that it was no longer we did this or we were doing this. It's back to being they. So, just notice that, that's all. Alright, so, um... Okay, so anyway, so then the brothers immediately sent Paul off on his way to the sea, but Silas and Timothy remained there. Those who conducted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and after receiving a command from Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they departed. So, okay, so Paul went to Athens basically and then was waiting for Silas and Timothy to come to him. Okay. So Paul in Athens, this is, this is what's, uh, there's a, um, Paul does, uh, basically a sermon or a speech here, um, starting, um, yeah, he's, let's see, how's he gonna, no, he's gonna start in a little bit, hold on here, okay, let me, I'm trying to get ahead of myself, I apologize, I've, I've read this several times, and you wouldn't think so the way, the horrible way I'm reading it now, but I've read this several times, and I, I try to, I'm trying to plan ahead more and be a little more prepared. Um, so verse 16, now while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. 
Some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers also conversed with him, and some said, What does this babbler wish to say? Others said, He seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. Okay, so they were wondering what he had to say. They may not have had a very high opinion of him, but that's okay. Paul was actually, I mean, he was born a Roman citizen, and he was actually fairly educated. So he may have been a little more um, equipped, well-equipped, to, to speak to these people here, because the Greeks, they considered themselves, you know, to be educated and to be uh, intelligent people. Well, Paul also, you know, was educated. And Anyway, we'll continue. Um... All right, and they took hold of him and brought him to the Areopagus, and that may not be the way that's pronounced. I apologize, but that's how it looks to me. Maybe it's Areopagus or Areopagus. Eh, you know, I'm just going to go with Areopagus now. It sounds good. It may not be correct though. Saying, <clears throat> may we know that this? No, let me back that up. So they took hold of him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying. May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting. For you bring some strange things to our ears. We wish to know, therefore, what these things mean. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. In other words, it sounds kind of bad, like they were just kind of wasting their time, but what they liked was to hear and talk about new things. They wanted to hear new ideas and new concepts, and they wanted to talk about those things. And to a large degree, that can be good. That can be very good. Pardon me just a moment. I'm really dry. It really can be a good thing. Sometimes we as Christians, we do that, and we may not even realize we're doing it. We just... Uh, I'm not saying we do it all the time, but I'm saying when we get together, we may start talking about things in the Bible, and we, we give different perspectives and, and maybe different things we've learned. And I think that's where they're going with that. I think that's what these folks were doing, except they were really doing more human philosophies and stuff like that. Maybe they were doing some myths, too. I, I don't really know, but it sounds like they were doing more human philosophy. And we know that's what... You know, a lot of what came out of uh, Greece. So, All right, so verse 22. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, I'm going to have trouble with that, I do apologize. Anyway, he said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. What therefore you worship is unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God in the hope that they might feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each of us, 
for in him we live and move and have our being. As even some of your poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Now, and these are references to things that were written, um, I think, from other philosophers, believe it or not. <clears throat> anyway, being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. Now, I didn't quite read that the way I wish I had. Hold on just a second. So, I'm going to start over. Being God's offspring us being God's children, we ought not to think that the divine being, God, is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Now here, of course, he's speaking of Jesus. Because Jesus is a man. And he still has his body. He still is a man. Even though he's glorified and he is the Son of God, he still is. He still has his body. He still is a man, too. Which is kind of odd to think about, in a way. Okay? Anyway. <clears throat> now, when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, but others said, We will hear you again about this. So Paul went out from their midst, but some men joined him and believed, among whom also were Dionysius the Arapagot, Arapagot, we're just going to go with it, and a woman named Damar Damaris, and others with them. So you notice that some mocked, and that's that's the way it's always going to be. We're always going to have some people who mock us or make fun of us or, you know. Um, unfortunately, that's the way it is going to be. Now, don't feel too badly about those people. Some some people who mock, they will, they will change and they will come back, they will come around. You know, not all of them, maybe not all of them, but, but some of them will. So, don't feel too bad or look too badly at them. Just know that, you know, when we were, I don't know, I kind of think about it like this. When I was young and sassy and thought I knew everything, but I obviously didn't. You know, sometimes I would be a bit irreverent about things and, and you know, maybe yeah, didn't approach things in the right way and I might mock something or whatever and... You know it's not right, and you learn and you do better as you get older, um, or hopefully you do, right? Um, because it can be offensive and cause offense when you don't mean to cause offense, you know. And uh, but but again, in a way, when we're mocking, do we do we not mean to cause offense? Maybe we do. I don't know. A lot of times, I did it out of a sense of what I thought was humor, just to try to make a point. But that can be offensive to people. So, like I say. You know, when we're young, we do a lot of a lot of things. So, and uh, that's life. That's part of the learning process. So, I'm getting off track a little bit, ain't I? But anyway, but some people mock, and some people will mock in life. They will mock us, and that's okay. You know, we just have to keep speaking to them in love and give them a chance to, uh, you know, to change their mind to to come around. So that is the end of chapter 17 in the book of Acts. And uh, I want to thank you for listening. I will next time we will be reading in chapter 18. I will 
try to uh, do a better job of pronouncing some things, okay? <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. And uh, remember, God loves you.